Help I Got a Mac? Podcast episode number 15. This show is brought to you by listeners like you. Want to help support this show? Visit gspn.tv slash donate today. You know, I think I've chose the wrong music. That's not the right music, is it, Chris? Nope. Oh my gosh, what happened? <laughs> we can't do this show with that music. No so, way, man. We got to have the... Yeah, like that. Oh, that's better. Now it feels like home. We'll fix all that in post. Yeah, right. <laughs> in your dreams. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Help I Got a Mac. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And I'm Tom Brady. I mean, uh, Chris Biting. Tom Brady? Who's that? Oh, gosh. You don't watch the Super Bowl, do you? Oh, that's, oh yeah. That, that football game's on tonight, isn't it? <sighs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that, that football game just the biggest television event of the year every oh, year oh whatever but that's okay we had the biggest television event of the year this past thursday evening nice segue yeah you like that so <laughs> anyway hey uh welcome back to the episode here uh where chris has been taken away from his super bowl festiv- super bowl festivities just to come here live to interact with you and to answer your questions. And and I think we might have some Super Bowl, Super Bowl fans that listen to our show because our our uh, chat room is unusually light this evening. Have you noticed that? Yeah, I, I did. Um, and I was actually going to bring my gear with me to the Super Bowl party, but you know I didn't know how reliable the internet connection was. And you know, it had been oh, loud. Let, let me tell you, it's a whole lot more reliable than mine. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to talk about that tonight. All right. So uh, let's start off. Before we go into any listener questions, let's talk about our issues, Chris. Yeah, and, and real quick, just to, if this is your first time listening, this is uh, a show for the new Mac user, uh, people that might be using a Mac or thinking about getting a Mac. And, you know, we, we just uh, we address issues, answer people's questions, and... Uh, have a good time doing it that is exactly what we're here for we're here for the the first time users new users or people who want to be new users except uh this weekend both you and i have not been very happy with our macs that's correct and that's another thing about this podcast there are a lot of mac podcasts out there not many of them would even dare say anything negative about uh the apple product that's just not the case here we'll always give you a fair and balanced Oh, gosh, that sounds so right-wing uh, broadcast Don't radio. even go there, my friend. No, we will give you – this is the no spit, no wake oh. <laughs> Seriously, though, we're going we're gonna to give it to you straight. And, Chris, why don't you start off by talking about your uh, little mishap that you've had recently with your MacBook? Sure. So uh, Friday I get home from work, and uh, my lovely wife, Emily, says um, – is there a problem when you turn on my uh, our MacBook and you get a blinking folder with a question mark? <laughs> and, and for people who don't know, uh, if you do happen to turn on your Mac and you get a blinking folder with a question mark inside of it, 
What that means is your Mac is unable to see any bootable device. That means uh, you know, it, it can't find your hard drive. It, there's no bootable disk inside your, your super drive. And basically, that, that's the computer telling you, hey, I can't do anything. Yeah. So um, I, I, I looked at it, and I listened to it, and she goes, I heard a clicking noise. And uh, if you ever hear a clicking noise, 99.999% uh, of the time, that means it's a bad hard drive. Wow. Yeah, but luckily I had um, everything backed up on, on DVDs, so it was no big loss. Plus, a lot of my stuff was already on my other laptop. So, You know what's weird is I never back up. I mean, I have a thumb drive with like the most critical things, and I have an external drive that has even some more less critical things, but I, don't, I never do a full system backup. You know, Cliff, it, it only takes one time for it to happen to you, and it's happened I, to me before. Dude, dude, I've heard that. I've heard it. I've lost hard. I've lost more than ten hard drives in the last fifteen years. And you know what? I seriously, I, I try not to depend on computers as much as possible. Like right now, we're using Show Notes that, and and all of my other uh, particular documents, they're all on Google Docs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but you know, picture. And, and I thought about it too. I'm like, well, I lost some pictures, but a lot of them are on Flickr or on. Yes. Um, on uh, what's the uh, HP one? I can't remember what it's called. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, my you know, my wife uses Snapfish. Um, I use Flickr and I use Picasso Web, so I know that you know that that stuff is safe. It's just you're always going to forget something. So I do like to have a, a backup. I, I especially back up a lot of my music because you know you can't really get those iTunes purchases back. Well, I've just so every few. Well, every few months I, I I back everything up on DVDs, and it takes you know about ten DVDs to back up all my stuff. Yeah. And it, it's you know it's not a big deal. Here here's the thing though, just that that's a good point to bring up right here in our our, our brand new Max Switcher kind of podcast uh, is that it is it is possible to get your iTunes purchases back if you've lost them. Uh, yeah, Apple Apple will give you. Uh, a one-time re-download, but if you if you generally if you ask more than once, they're going to be like, "Yeah, you're not going to get any more." Yeah, well, the, the, but I just wanted to let people know that if you've ever gotten to that uh, position or that predicament, you've lost your hard drive, like Chris has, and uh, you you don't have a backup, you can call them. Uh, unfortunately, they're not going to give you all that music that you have uh, spent all the time taking out of your personal collection and then moving into digital form. And then watching your kids slowly scratch the crud out of all of your original discs. So back that stuff up. <laughs> so, so Chris, so how old is your MacBook? I mean, what's up with this hard drive? Well, my MacBook, um, it was a year in September. So it was out of warranty. I didn't get Apple Care on it um, just because... I made it. I'm, you know, it was coming up to that time, and I made a decision: do I want to spend, you know, two forty nine and get it or not? And I thought that, you know, if I do have that one repair that I'm going to need on it, it's going to cost two forty nine or less because that's what a tier one repair cost. So I just kind of threw caution to the wind, and sure enough, my hard drive failed. So luckily, the MacBook, and, and really for me, honestly, uh, any of the Apple laptops, I can tear apart and. Um, and, and fix just because I've, I'm trained on to do it, you know. And I've got the access. I still have access to all the uh, service manuals and stuff like that. Um, with that being said, the MacBook, however, the hard drive is do-it-yourself. 
if, if you have a hard drive failure and you call AppleCare, they'll send you a hard drive with instructions on how to take it apart. And all you do is remove three screws. Uh, you take the battery out, remove three screws, just like you would if you were to put more RAM in it, and you just pull the hard drive out. So right. pulled the hard drive out. I went to um, my local micro center, and I could have probably ordered it online. I got it for cheaper, but you know I wanted to get it up and running as soon as possible. So I got a 250 gig. Uh, laptop hard drive. I didn't even know they were that big, but 250 gig laptop hard drive for $149. Oh, wow. That's not bad at all. <laughs> yeah. So I, I popped it in yesterday and loaded my stuff back up and I'm, I'm back running with way more space. It was a 60 gig hard drive in there. So now I have a 250 gig. Well, that's awesome. So it, it didn't work out too bad for you, but still, I mean, now hard drives are hard drives. It doesn't matter if you have a Mac or a PC, but still that just over a year, is yeah what and and you know i i hear it from all my pc buddies oh i thought macs weren't supposed to break no that's you know crazy yeah it's a computer computer's gonna break apple doesn't make the hard drives you know the, the i pulled the hard drive out and it was a seagate hard drive which are notoriously you know very reliable so uh the one i re- replaced it with was a toshiba which is fine you know they they, they kind of pioneered that whole new um mini little hard drive kind of thing so I, f- I felt pretty good buying it um, and someone actually in the chat room was asking, um, well, what is a tier one repair? When you take a laptop in to get repaired, there's three tiers. I think it's three. Yeah, three, three tiers, and it's different price levels depending on what the problem is. If it's a, a hard drive or optical drive or you know, something like that, it's considered a tier one repair, which is a pretty simple repair. It's going to cost you about $250. A tier two repair is generally a logic board. Um, some minor case damage, things like that. And that's going to cost a little more. Tier 3, and actually, I'm sorry, there's also a Tier 4. Those are considered severe damage where it's like a whole case replacement or a screen replacement, and those can cost upwards of you know, $700 or higher. Right. All righty. So, um, so you got your, your hard drive uh, replaced. You're, you've got more storage. You're up back up and running now, and everything's good to go. And uh, you, you may have lost some just minor data since the last major backup. Yeah. Okay. So word to the wise, even if you get a Mac, please understand, you could possibly still experience an issue here or there with hardware or even with software. It, it's Buying a Mac does not equal the end of all computer problems trust me oh no and it's but the hard drive is honestly out of anything that's going to fail on a laptop that's probably going to be the one thing that's going to fail before anything else just because it's you know there's little platters in there that are spinning at at least 4,800 times a minute you know right so so yeah absolutely now, um, the folks out in the chat room, they're talking about, you know, it's a good idea to use Leopard with Time Machine and all that stuff. Um, and, you know, if you would have, you have Leopard, is that right? I do. I don't use Time Machine on my home machine, though. Right. So if you would have had that, it could have, in theory, saved everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the thing is, though, you know, an external hard drive is great. Time Machine is great. Still, for your super, super critical, I cannot live without it kind of things, it's good to put a, a, another backup on, on a physical media, you know, like a cheap physical media like DVD or CD, and either you know, keep it in your house but, or, or keep a copy at work or at your parents' house in case you have a fire or something. Like I, I keep an older copy of my music since I do it every few months at work 
and you know all my photos and stuff are online. So online storage is a really great solution too. It's just there's a lot of data to move over initially when you do it. Right. So let me ask you this. Let's just say you had a backup on uh, time. Uh, what is it? Time. Time. Uh, time machine. Time machine. Yeah. And it, and it has that time capsule and all that other stuff that you could possibly be using. But and it and it's you know prior you had a sixty gig hard drive. Does it matter when you put in a hundred or two hundred fifty gig hard drive that the original stuff? I mean it, that that doesn't make any difference at all, right? Not that I'm aware of. I don't think it'd make much of a difference. And uh, the one thing you should be aware of though is you cannot boot off of a, a time machine backup. But when you put in your Leopard disk, because all Macs and a lot of Windows machines can boot off CDs now, and um, when you boot off of your of your Leopard install disk, there's an option to restore from a Time Machine backup. Okay. So you, yeah, it, it's real simple. You just pop the disk in, make sure your Time Machine drive is plugged in, hit a button, you know, go get a cup of coffee. When you get back, it's it's done. So. Well, that is cool. That's good to hear. And so, yeah, very cool. So let me explain to folks my dilemma recently, <laughs> and I'm not quite sure if it's really my MacBook. I don't know what's going on, but I will tell you. Technology has not been my friend this week. I mean, at all. Uh, I've been experiencing some situations with my old Linksys Wireless B router, uh, such that, you know, just probably about one to five times a day, I would just all of a sudden here in the studio, which is hardwired Ethernet to to the wireless B router, and then uh, Stephanie's laptop and my MacBook. Occasionally, uh, intermittently, we would lose internet connectivity. Uh, now the thing is, is that both you know what would happen is let's just say my my Ethernet cable is still going strong on the internet, but one or two of the wireless uh, computers uh, lost connection. But what happens is that sometimes you can get that rebooted. And all that stuff, but then all of a sudden, you know, it'll just my even my hardwired connection would would lose its connection, and so just had some major issues. And and sometimes the only way to really solve the issue was to unplug the power from the Linksys router to cycle off uh, the power on the DSL router, and then turn the DSL router back on, let it get its connection, and then plug the um, wireless router in so that it can set up the IP config and everything like that and then connect everything back and boom, everything is working perfect again. So I got tired of doing that about, it got to the point where I was literally doing that about once every hour and a half. And so I finally says, okay, I'm going and I'm going to get a new router, a uh, new wireless router. So I went to Staples and I bought uh, the the brand new Linksys Wireless N router. So it does B, G, and N. And I, I I bring it home. I plug it in. Immediately, my desktop computer works beautifully. Uh, no problem at all. In fact, since I've had the wireless router, my compute my my Ethernet connection to the internet on my computer in the studio has never lost its signal once i don't i don't think i'm not sure i'm not sure if maybe there might have been one time that it did you know what i I take that back there was one point in time when there was one time i had to reset the dsl router and so 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 okay i know that there's some occasional intermittent intermittent issues with the dsl router 
but however, for the most part, ever since I've had this wireless N router, no issue whatsoever. Immediately upon getting the DSL or the the new N router, my wife's um, uh, what did I get her? She's got like a compact or whatever new system. It works beautifully, connects right up. Now, for the first two and a half days, did not disconnect at all whatsoever. However, the very minute I plugged in that wireless router and tried to get my uh, MacBook to connect to it, I just couldn't do it. I tried, I rebooted, and finally it would connect, and then it would lose it within an hour. Uh, Sometimes it would lose it within five minutes. And then I would turn the machine off and connect again, and boom, it's working, and then it's not. Meanwhile, my system here in the studio is working. Stephanie's laptop upstairs is still working. Mine keeps losing it, losing its connection over and over and over again. So her laptop is fine? Her laptop is fine. However, I'm sitting there thinking, oh, you know, and, and I'm sitting there thinking, okay, this is a good thing. I'm glad that it's just my MacBook because then I've isolated the problem to my MacBook. Mm-hmm. However, just before I was re- getting ready to record a podcast answer man the other night, Stephanie comes down, or Stephanie sent one of the kids downstairs and says, Mom's laptop isn't connecting to the internet anymore. Ah. Now, <laughs> that's happened three times in the last four days, where it used to happen nine to 10 times a day. What brand of uh, wireless router is it? It's Linksys. So, I mean, it, I mean they're pretty good. Yeah, uh, I would go, I, you know what? I, I would go on their website and make sure there's not a... Uh, yeah, firmware update, looked at it. Yeah. I updated uh, the firmware on the wireless B router before I did this, and then uh, as soon as I got this one out in the box, I made sure it had the most recent. It it was shipped with it. Um, and yes, I, I've went in and um, I've looked, you know, I've been set the... Uh, what? Okay, one of the thing is, is that they're saying, what is the DHCP life set to? And that's something I don't understand. And so let me pull up here real quick. I'm going to 192.168.1.1, which is your standard uh, IP address to get into your router. And And just in case people don't know uh, what the heck DHCP is, it's Dynamic Host Configuration Protocol. And what that means is when your computer asks the DHCP router or switch or whatever, whatever you have connected to your computer, when it asks for a network request, the router will assign the computer an address automatically. It's right. supposed to. And now, those those have a limited shelf life called a lease, just like a lease on a car or an apartment or whatever. And after a certain amount of time, those leases expire. And the computer will request a new DHCP um, lease and address from that box. And if the box... If there's something messed up with the box or messed up with the lease where it can't get that, then your computer can't get on the network. Yeah, and, and here's the deal. I, I, I've gotten an error, and I've been chronicling this entire – now, I will tell you, Kilo Delta, he's in the chat room right now. He's recently put a lot of information. He just did it this evening, and I looked at it, and uh, he's he's even gone so far as doing a screen capture kind of tutorial on on what he's talking about. He's, he's really gone into some detail. But at this point, um, I happen to believe that there is definitely some uh, some kind of issue with the DHP server because uh, one of the, the things that I'm getting, if I go to gspn.tv slash forum and I go to the help, I got a Mac section, I scroll down and I look at uh, losing my wireless connectivity 
And I'm going to find this uh, screen capture that I took with my MacBook the other day. It's, there it comes. And then I'm scrolling down. And there it is. IP configuration says uh, 192.168.1.100 is in use by, an, and it gives a MAC address. Uh, so it says it's already that's already in use by somebody else. So there, I'm getting this. I would assume that what's happening here is that my my wireless router is giving away uh, an IP address that it's already given somebody else. Is that right? Could be. Um, it's definitely not supposed to do that. Nah, that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but the thing, and of course, with my wireless B router, I would even get. Um, I would even get on my XP machine. It would say uh, IP configuration. Um, error and so or 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 something but basically saying the same thing it it would say listen there's a problem here you've got two systems you know that are trying to access and and have the same address right and and of course so basically what you have is the information's crashing into each other and causing each other to kind of boot each other out of the system and bringing down the network so now, do you have two routers plugged into no. your system? Well, you know, the DSL is a router in and of itself. I guess you call it a modem. DSL is a modem. So yeah, it's got some. It's got a built-in DHCP server and, and all that kind of stuff in it too. It so. does. And so, and what I have is I just have an ether or uh, an Ethernet cable coming out of the the DSL uh, modem, and that just goes into the internet port on my uh, wireless router. And then, and then it just goes from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you should be fine then. I should be, but I'm not. That's what I'm telling you. Yeah. And I, so, yeah. At this time, I don't know, man. So, I, and the thing is, is it's my MacBook is definitely is is cares a whole lot more about this than my wife's computer. My wife's computer <laughs> is upstairs behaving for the most part. Sure, I might have to. She's might be complaining about. You know, one maybe once every other day now, and and, and I have I, I'm almost willing to blame it on the MacBook. I'm almost willing to blame that the MacBook's trying to get a, a new address, and it's getting the address that has been assigned to Stephanie's laptop upstairs. Yeah, well, you could uh, hard code everything. Well, that's what I, I I think that's what I need to figure out how, out how to do. Right mm-hmm. now, um, the the setup says automatic configuration DHCP, and I guess what I need to do, I I don't under I should I ju- choose static IP, but I thought that that was, is that what it chooses to connect everybody to me, or is that what I use if if I have a quote unquote static IP? Yeah, you would choose static IP, and then you'd give everybody, you know, you'd say okay, one nine two dot one six eight dot one dot you know, whatever, zero dot whatever is, you know, zero dot three is going to be my, my PC. Zero dot four is going to be my, my uh, MacBook. Zero dot five is going to be Stephanie's. All right. You know. So, so I need to change that. But then there's a the thing down here. It says DHCP, DHCP server enabled or disabled. I would think that I would hit disabled, right? At that point you would. Yeah. Okay. All right, so I, I'm going to still have to play around with it. 
Um, so uh, the other thing, I mean, it, this has just been a huge pain in the butt. Now, he, let me explain to you another thing, okay? One, of course, uh, I think it was Linker J. Patrick uh, in the forum said maybe you're getting a lot of interference from other um, networks. And there are some other networks. In fact, my next door neighbor right next to me, which literally you could, uh, I mean, they're right next. I mean, it would be like two bedrooms away or something kind of. That's how close our homes are. And so they have a Linksys unsecured wireless router. Well, guess what? By golly, I can connect to them and the same thing happens. So it's you not just it's do. not just my router. There's it, a little there's a little voodoo type option um, when you click on your little airport. Oh, I'm losing you. Okay, there's a voodoo type option. Are you and, there? Yeah, I am now. Say okay. You, I lost you after you said there's a little voodoo type option. What is that? <laughs> Under your airport, if you click on it, it says use interface robustness. Yes. What is that? If you're getting interference from other networks and things like that, if you click on that, a lot of times it will uh, it'll help kind of fix that. Why doesn't if that's the case, then why don't they just use interf- interference or interface or internet robustness all the time? I have no idea. Does that make any sense? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense at all. Okay. Now the thing is, is that I was hoping. I remember that ten point. Uh, what is it? Ten point one point three or four or something? Didn't one of them? Uh, didn't one of these uh, have an issue with wireless and uh, with it, like an update that happened, and then they you had to go back and upgrade again, and it got rid of it. Um, it was it was the. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I think so. It was it was the version of the software right before I got my MacBook, and so I was hoping that it was just an issue with them, and and that there's some kind of problem there, but. Needless to say, I'm having major issues with my MacBook, and it and it seems to be mostly geared towards my MacBook, and that's yeah. that's just frustrating. Because I mean, my my iPhones are getting it, but then again, you know, there are times when when uh, you know, all of a sudden my my Linksys doesn't even put out its uh, ID, and and therefore I'm not getting uh uh, the broadcast signal to even try to connect on my MacBook, and I'm not getting it on my iPhone either. So then I'm back to my Linksys. Maybe it's not my MacBook. That's why I use an Apple branded AirPort. Not really, but <laughs> yeah. I, you know what? I'm, I, I you know what? I never did until I got a really really good deal on one, and I've been. I have to say, I've been really really happy with it. I think the administration uh, software is real nice on it, but they're overpriced. Well, the thing is, is I'm I'm really thinking about that time capsule thing, mm-hmm. and yeah, I, I think I'm I, I kept the receipt and everything on this wireless N router. It's obviously not any better than my wireless B router at this point, and so right. I, I'm I'm pretty sure I'm just going to take it back and say, listen, I'm sorry, and I, I need to. Uh, they'll probably just give me an in-store credit if I don't try to buy something else from them right then and there. But I, I think I'm just going to run over and and get an an Apple Airport. Uh, and and see if that doesn't fix it. Well, yeah. I, if it was me, if I was going to buy one of the big ones now, I, w- I would say, you know, get the time capsule. I've got the uh, Airport Express, which is good. It's a it's a G network, but uh, you know, I didn't really need anything. I don't have any. I well, I take take that back. I have one laptop that is N, but it would yeah. make a big difference. Well, I, if if I go over there, I they have what is it? The five hundred gig for what is it? Two ninety nine. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I I think I may go that route because this was like one one twenty nine or one I, I think it was one twenty nine. So, and, and of course I'd get an extra five hundred gigs and have a pretty high speed connection to that and stuff. So, but you know, you know, all this stuff is so expensive. Anyway. Oh yeah. So yeah. so if it, for anything, why did we spend that much time on help I got a Mac talking about this? Because I th- I think it's important because I just wanted to share in if no, if we have nothing else in the show, which we do have other things in the show. But if we have nothing else in the show, I just want to show a real honest open picture to people who are new Mac users or somebody considering a Mac that we have problems too with our MacBooks or with our uh, iMacs, with our whatever Mac products. We, they have issues also. Yep. So, that, and, and you know what? To be honest with you, I think it's an important message to get out because, you know, obviously you'll never hear that on, a, on an Apple commercial. Uh, and, and unfortunately, I don't think you hear it a lot on other Mac-centered podcast they 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 tend to share the good and and stuff like that so all the time and and you know they i mean not that they're withholding information but i i just feel it's important you know if nothing else we've just spent the first 20 minutes or about 20 minutes of our show talking about our frustrations with our mac right so with that let's go to something a little bit more positive (laughs) (laughs) other people's complaints now i'm joking yes let's go to other people's questions anyway we have a call from troy price and uh here's what he has to say hey guys it's troy from kentucky and i'm glad that there's a podcast like this where i can ask a mac question and not feel silly um we've got a mac recently and uh safari shows a web page bigger than our screen. And so we have to scroll over to the right to like bid on eBay and, you know, things like that. Is there a way to set the, so that the internet page is the size of the window that, you know, we have open in Safari? Thanks. I'll be listening for my answer. Bye. You ever heard of anything like that happening before, Chris? Yeah. Safari has a default size and there actually is a really, really easy... Uh, way to do it. Um, Safari, if you click on the mysterious green maximize button, it'll generally open up a Safari window as big as the window needs to be. Okay. That's pretty much it. <laughs> That'll Now, if it's opening pages that are obviously wider than his display, then that's going to be one issue. But if it's just that Safari, you know, if he's got a widescreen iMac, and Safari's opening too narrow, he can either click the green button and it's going to adjust the size to, to, to fit the window, or he can take the little, little drag-down tool, and whenever he closes that Safari window, it's going to save it at that, that width. Okay. It sounds to me, though, it, it's more along the, the lines of he's having to scroll over to the right and scroll over to the left to see all the data on the screen. And, right, and I mean, I I've got a MacBook, which is a pretty small screen. I mean, compare. I don't. Is there anything smaller than my MacBook screen? No. Well, the twelve inch, but it's that's an older computer, and it's it, it was ten twenty four by seven sixty eight, which most websites are optimized kind of for that that level. What I think it is though is that his Safari window is just not just not opened wide enough. Okay. The only thing I can think uh, of. So maybe the Safari window isn't taking up enough real estate on the screen. Exactly. 
And if it had one of those fancy buttons called maximize like the Windows would, it could take up the entire screen. You wouldn't have to worry about anything. Right. Well, they do have a, a maximize <laughs> button, but it opens up the window wide enough for the, for the, for the page to be. You know what I mean? Right. I gotcha. Okay. So, no, I was just giving you a hard time. <laughs> I know you were. So, but, and, and then, uh, of course, Troy, if, the, if none of this works, I can assure you that Firefox allows it to open just nice and, and wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. So check out Firefox. I, I don't know if you're a fan or if you have anything against Firefox, but I personally, ever since day one, I tried uh, 35 minutes with Safari and decided, uh-uh, and then I went straight to Firefox and have not you used know, anything since. I, 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 I've actually switched back to Safari since, since getting Leopard. Um, I used, or uh, yeah, Safari, uh, I get confused. I'm sorry. I switched back to Safari since since using um, Leopard. Uh, you know what? I, I find Firefox good. I mean, I love the plugins. You know, I use a lot of uh, SEO plugins and and um, you know weather and control iTunes and all that kind of stuff. Uh, my my issue with Firefox it seems like if I have it open all day and I'm using it, it just seems to get slower and slower and slower to me. It does, and and I'm even experiencing issues on my XP system with it. And I, I think I think that's actually going to be addressed in in uh, Safari or uh, Firefox three. So I do find myself closing it like halfway through the day. Yep. And then bringing it back open. But for me, it just seems Safari just seems to be a lot snappier. <clears throat> but you know, I, I generally have both open at the same time. I switch between the two. I gotcha. Alrighty. Well, thank you uh, very much, Tori, for that question. I have another question up here on the phone. So let's see what this one is. Cliff, how are you? This is Brad. Hey, I just, uh, Brad from Alaska, or Alaska Brad. I got a quick question for you and Chris for the uh, help. I got a Mac podcast. And I don't know if it's too in-depth for the Mac switcher or user uh, or the person thinking about getting one. I'm already starting to ramble. I hate when that happens. Anyways, (laughs) I bought a MyBook 500-gig Firewire external hard drive for use with Time Machine. However, I want to, like, maybe erase the 500 gig hard drive and format it so that time machine only uses 200 gigs. That way I have 200 plus gigs or 300 of uh, backup for video files. What is the easiest way to do that? If that's not too difficult to answer, otherwise I'll just post it in the forums. If that's something uh, that you guys can't answer on the show. Thanks for your time. Take care. Chris, what do you think? Cliff, that is a super easy question, and I just want to say hi to Brad in Alaska. I I love Alaska. I'd love to go up there and see the northern lights and hang out with uh, whales and glaciers and stuff. <clears throat> with that being said, all you need to do is uh, go to your applications folder. There's a folder in there called Utilities. Go in there. There's a program called Disk Utility. It's a, it's a, basically, it's a hard drive with a little stethoscope on it. Click on that, and with your hard drive plugged into your FireWire port, it's going to show you a list of, of all your drives, you know, if they have things in them. Uh, you know, your hard drive, your external drive. Even if you have, like, a disk in your, in your optical drive, it's going to show that, too. And all you need to do is highlight your external drive, and there's an option there to partition it. And you're going to want to partition it into two pieces. And it's pretty self-explanatory when you go in there how to do that. Um, I'm not going to go into it right now just because I don't 
have a drive in front of me to do it with. But you'll what you do is you'll you'll split that drive into two parts, and you'll format. You know, once you once you split it, you can erase each one to to be a Mac. You know, a Mac partition. And basically, what that does is it takes the hard drive and just splits it in two. And you can make them any size you want. There's a little slider. You can, you can slide basically like the, the division between the two and make them any size you want. And then once you do that, you can have one half the drive for just normal stuff like video and things like he said, and, that have, and then have a time machine the other half. And that's what I do with my drive at work. Um, I have you know, 250 gigs devoted to time machine and then another 250 devoted to just random data. Awesome. It's right. very, very easy. There's, probably, there's plenty of documentation on, uh, on the web on how to do this. And just like uh, Kilo Delta said, be aware it does destroy all the data that's currently on the drive. So when you, when you set Time Machine backup, it does have to do a full backup. And you're going to lose all your incremental backups too. So that's kind of a bummer to, to be, be aware of. Yep, yep. All righty. So thank you very much uh, for calling in that question. We have one more called in uh, comment. Uh, this comes from our friend Chef Mark. Help! I'm getting a Mac. This is Chef Mark. I'm. You can probably hear the noise. I'm in the Apple Store on 14th Street, the new one, and I'm purchasing <laughs> my Mac as we speak. Uh, I'm just waiting for them to to bring it down and okay. ring it up. But I'm getting the uh, the MacBook Pro that we've all talked about. So, you know, I'm going to probably end up spending all night playing and setting it up and not finishing my taxes as I was supposed to. Um, but I just want to let you guys know, and I'm totally excited. Talk to you soon. <laughs> that wasn't even a question, but all right. Good job. I'm, I'm glad. Uh, I know, I know uh, Chef Mark's kind of been uh, teetering on getting one, and it's good to see that he finally got one. Oh, well, he wasn't actually teetering. He was waiting to see what was announced at Macworld. He was, oh, okay. I was under the impression he was kind of no, no, thinking no, about it. No, he, it, was, it was a definite for him that he was getting one. Uh, he nice. just wanted to see if there was going to be any kind of upgrade because he wouldn't want to get a MacBook Pro and then all of a sudden they come out with like you know an extra 200 gig hard drive that for the same price kind of deal. <laughs> so uh, yeah, he waited. He went out and bought it. And of course, I know exactly how you feel when you get into the Apple Store and you've been waiting and waiting to buy a MacBook and then you just want to call people and tell them. And so, oh man, and it's funny. You know, I, I've gotten you know, other computers. And, and we've talked about this before that when you get that Mac, it's, there's just something about the box and the way it's packaged and you open it up and it says, you know, designed by Apple in California. And it's like, you know, I'm, this is such a cool experience from the moment I, I cut the tape and open it to the time I turn it on. It's such a very, very nice, enjoyable experience. And it just makes me, makes me feel like, you know what, I spend a, a bit, you know a bit more money on this, and I, and I could have got a cheaper machine. But you know what? They spent the time to make the packaging so nice on the inside. It feels like a, it's justified that I'm getting a nicer top tier product. You know, I'm going to have to completely argue that point against that. I because I remember when Robert told me that, and I'm like, oh my gosh, what happened? Did they have some kind of music playing subliminal messages when you were in the store? I mean, come on, Rob, you sound like you've drank the Kool-Aid. And and I hear you, and I hear Rob, and I hear other people say this, like, dude, it's styrofoam. Okay, so it has neat little circles drilled into it, makes it a little bit more fancy. It's still styrofoam. And it's just fancy. It's somebody that took some time to put some fancy graphics on their on their on their product on their boxes. And, and thing it, is, though, it, 
you, dude, it's packaging. Buy, buy like a Lenovo ThinkPad in a plain brown. I just bought oh, Stephanie a, a brand new laptop. I know it's just a. And guess where that packaging is? It's in the trash, right next to the MacBook stuff. See, I saved mine because. The, <laughs> the, well, here, here, and here's my thought about it. The day I decide to sell my laptop, yeah. it's always nice to have the packaging for when you ship it out or give it to somebody. I, okay, okay. And it's much easier to save the packaging from a MacBook than it is to save it from a Lenovo. Uh, that's. I mean, I just think it's too funny because the whole justification, it's its almost worth it paying more money just because they package it so nice. I mean, they're... Well, I, it's no, just, I know. It's, it's all it, part of the experience. It's just, I, I, I love this. This is going to sound weird. I love the smell of opening a new electronics, like this plastic and electronics packaging no, I mean, smell it's just so weird i just enjoy it so much no i i understand that there's something about opening up a new piece of equipment that you've been waiting for and stuff like that but i mean it, i mean now you know the iphones they're packaged extremely well as well but you know what i did i how i took all the crud out of that box and it's mm-hmm. where i keep all my business cards <laughs> i saved my box too but that's for this that's for someday when i sell it Ah, that is so funny. But no, I I mean, I've heard so many people talk about their packaging and how it just adds to the it's like, dude, that it's kinda like just rip the thing open, pull my MacBook out and plug it in and get it started. I don't care what the styrofoam looks like. Oh man, it's 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 a it's a whole event for me. That's so funny. But anyway, speaking about the iPhone, it looks like our John Schaefer wrote a note to us and and uh, I'll go ahead and read it right now. Go ahead. Hi, Chris and Cliff. I'm considering getting an iPhone here in the next month, and I was wondering if both of you were still happy with yours. I'm not planning on jailbreaking mine or anything like that. I'm planning on using it as Apple sends it to me. Have you had any problems with yours? Thanks for your show and all that you do. See you tonight. And actually, he's in the chat room. So, uh, John, I can tell you I have not had a single regret having my iPhone. I love it as much as I did the day I opened it. And I will equal that. I have not had a single regret of owning my iPhone. I love it, love it, love it. And uh, I w- if it were to break, I'd have to go out and replace it somehow. If I had to go and work you know, a third shift job for three weeks to, to earn enough money to buy a new one, I would. So if that, now, t- that being said, yes, there are plenty of things I wish it could, it could do. Um, you know, the fact that when my wife takes a picture of something with her phone and sends it to me, I have to go to a website and put in a code and all that stuff to see it. I, the, the fact that I can't get MMS messaging on this phone just blows my mind. This thing is so advanced and so wonderful and so great, and someone can't send me a picture through text messaging. I don't get why they didn't include that yet. Okay, so that's one. Uh, now, as far as let's see, a little let's see, a little disappointed about the Pats' loss. Life goes on. Oh yeah, oh, Giant, okay. Giants won. Oh yeah, it's that football game thing again. So uh, <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So I mean, now there, I will tell you that is there ever any problems or issues with the iPhone? I had an issue the other day where uh, the phone was ringing. And I couldn't it, the the screen wouldn't come on. I, it's like it's ringing, and I can't get the. I push the button, it won't come up. It won't allow me to unlock it. it. It just it rang, and finally went to voicemail. So there have been. Let's see. I don't know how long I've owned my iPhone now. It's probably been about four or five months. I've literally had to restart 
or reboot my iPhone probably three or four times in this in this period of time. Yeah, I've had a couple little issues with the with the one point one point three update. Things along that line where like you know I'll slide unlock it and the screen will come up and there'll be nothing on it. Yeah. You know, and that's happened maybe once or, or you know one or two times. But you know the the biggest the biggest problem I I have with it is um, every once in a while Safari will will kind of bomb on a website yes. and then go back and go back to the home screen. Yes. You know, and that's not a huge deal because if you hit Safari, it goes right back to what it was trying to do before. Yeah. And nine, you know, nine times out of ten, it's going to work just fine. But I do notice um, Safari does does crash, and I think you know that that's one of those things that'll be constantly fixed and patched and worked on. So I don't think that's a a big issue either. Yeah. It, the nice thing about the iPhone it, when it comes to these kind of things, uh, firmware upgrades are like a piece of cake. I mean, you just hook it up just like you would sync your music and stuff like that. And by golly, uh, I mean, it'll ask, hey, there's a new version. Do you want to download and install it? Heck yeah, I do. And sh- and give me some new options and some stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it is buggy. Uh, but I think all cell phones have some buggy issues if you use all the features that you want to use with them. Right. Now, you and I both use the iPod function different. You don't use it at all. And, and I use it in my car as my iPod exclusively. Now, with that being said... I think you and I can both agree, as an iPod, um, it's a little more difficult than your normal iPod because you can't, you know, I, could, I used to be able to skip a song real easy on my iPod, just not even looking at it. I just, you know, flip the safety switch on, hit the button, flip it back on, and I'm good to go. If I want to skip a song and I'm driving in the car, I don't want to do it because you have to, you know, slide it open, take, you have to actually look at the controls on your screen. You just there's not a there's not a, an easy way to skip a song, and and for that reason, it's not as good as your classic iPod, um, in a car or in a situation where you can't take your eyes off of what you're doing. Right, and and I will t- I will I will second that, and and I will just say that the iPhone is the best phone I've ever used. It rivals the best of the PDAs I've ever used. And it is the worst iPod I've ever used. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, now that being said, iPod, I, it's it's fantastic. Yes, yes, you're right. It's the best video iPod. But as far as iPod functionalities, there's a bunch of things that are missing uh, in it. But but the thing is, I mean, it still works. It's functional. It does what it's supposed to do. I will tell you this though. I do have the four gig. I hate only having four gigs. Yeah, I I have a little bit of of buyer's remorse on on having the four gig uh, limited edition as I call it, but uh, yeah, I mean I've got six hundred songs on it, which is fine. And I've set up playlists on my iTunes that after a song's been on there for a while, it'll it'll kick it out and give me a fresh one. And uh, John was asking if uh, how good does it work on the car if you get that little cellular noise because uh, GSMs are notori- uh, notoriously noisy. Especially if you have like a microphone or speakers or something, you hear that little <laughs> sound. Yeah. And I and I can tell you, um, I did kind of mod uh, my audio input jack in my car. I took a, an exacto knife and kind of shaved around it so it would fit in the headphone slot because the iPhone uh, headphone jack is recessed. And uh, it does. I think I stripped some of the shielding away, so I do hear a little bit of that interference. But I think if you've got a, an adapter that's specifically made for the iPhone, I think it's going to be a little bit better in that. And I will argue against that and say, no, it's not. 
I have. Oh, it's not. I okay. have the Belkin ten dollar adapter that's super long and everything. And no, you 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 still are going to get that annoying sound. I, the only thing I can tell you is to turn the output volume uh, almost up, like three fourths of the way up, and that way you don't have to turn the actual volume on your radio in the car up as much. And so, therefore, when you do, when it does go out to check the data for email and stuff like that, or a text message is getting ready to be delivered. Uh, the sound is almost covered up by the music or whatever you're listening to through the iPod. Yeah. Now, but if you turn the volume, like let's just say if you turn it up, the volume on the iPod up one-fourth of the way, mm-hmm. well, obviously when you listen to it through your stereo, you have to turn the radio volume up much higher, and therefore that interference comes in really loud. Right. And what I've also done is I notice if I put my hand – kind of around the headphone jack because I, I sit it in my cup holder next to me so I can actually reach down and just kind of put my hand on it uh-huh. the sound goes away so I kind of shield it a little bit I've, I've read stories some anecdotal uh, stories of people wrapping that headphone jack on like aluminum foil which is totally janky but I guess it'll work So to kind of block the interference from the headphone jack Alrighty. Well, I'll tell you what, let's leave everything else that we have on our show notes for the, the next show, Chris, which I want to talk about for just a moment. Uh, you and I okay. had a, a, a brief email conversation, and uh, folks that are listening to this, I think by now know that I'm doing this full time. And one of the things that I've been doing is literally working around the clock, uh, almost, well, it's literally seven days a week. And I've been deciding, uh, you know, that I'm, I'm trying to work on a schedule trying to get things uh, ironed out so that I can get into a routine with this new career. And one of the things that I've decided I, I just, I'm just i going to have to do, and I, I don't want to do it. There's something within me that fights this, but I'm literally going to need to take an entire day off and say, this is family day. This is a day that I will not work on mm-hmm. clients' work. I will not work trying to gain clients. Uh, the only thing I would ever do technology or podcast relating would be things that just are enjoyable for family recreation, kind of like with my daughter doing the Hannah Montana fan podcast kind of stuff, but, but no work, nothing that, that, and, and so obviously this is one of those shows help. I got a Mac is one of the shows that I, I literally do, uh, as a means of, of, of furthering on the business that we do here. And right. so I've been thinking what day would be the day that I'd like to take off and make family day. And I'm thinking Sunday would be the best day out of all the days. Mm-hmm. And so I asked you if you would be okay with us moving to a new day. Yeah, that's, that's completely fine with me. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that happen on Sundays where I, I wouldn't mind, uh, you know, being off I, like you know, t- tonight for example would have been a perfect time you know to to not do the show. But you know, I, I love doing this show, and um, so that's why I, I you know I made the decision to to come home because I, I know I could have said to you you know hey let's postpone the show and it would have been fine. But yeah, I don't I don't want to do that. And, and um, don't so, don't ever feel like you can't because tr- trust me, it, it's I mean one show here and there is not going to to negatively affect anything. And our listeners are so cool. So, so if you ever need to, just just let me know. Right. Um, with that being said, I, I'm 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 up for uh, for whatever as far as what uh, what day is is fine with me. Okay. Um, 
Well, what we'll do, just just so that we're not like rushing into any kind of crazy decision, just wanted to bring it up here on the show and let people know that next Sunday we will not be here on on TalkShoe. However, we will be back. We will be on TalkShoe, and it will be Chris and I, and it will be the Help I Got a Mac show, but it will be a new day and time. Right. And uh, we invite you to follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at uh, twitter.com slash gspn. And you can follow Chris at. Uh, hold on one second. I just I had to relaunch my client. Um, you can follow me at uh, twitter.com slash biting, and it's B E I T as in Tango I N G. All righty, and of course you can always sign up for the mailing list at gspn.tv slash list, and you can get on the mailing list. We will communicate with you guys when we get this rescheduled. Uh, we will have something figured out within the next week or so, uh, or with <laughs> week or so. We will have it figured out within the next couple of days. Uh, I'll, I'll definitely let you know. I, I wouldn't mind an earlier time. Yeah. You know, like a seven thirty or an eight o'clock or something. That that would be even perfect for me. So it, let's just say if it's if it's going to be, uh, if it's Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, we will not do it this week. We would hold off until the following week. Right. Exactly. If it if it happens, I don't think that it'll be a Thursday or Friday. But if it happens to be a Thursday or Friday, which it it may be. Uh, mm-hmm. If it does happen to be a Thursday or Friday, we may do it this week, but we'll have to communicate that to you after we have some discussion. I can tell you with the utmost certainty, I won't do it during Lost because I couldn't do that to you. Oh, there's absolutely. Well, the thing is, is even Thursday, <laughs> Thursday, Lost doesn't come on until nine. So theoretically, you know, if you if you were looking at like a seven o'clock help, I got a Mac. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, it, it's t- totally doable. So we'll, we'll uh, Chris and I will talk about this. We'll chat about it um, after we quit recording here and and discuss some possibilities. And uh, we just want to encourage you guys. We do not have a sponsor yet for Help I Got a Mac. Uh, and this is, again, something that I am doing full-time for a living. If anybody out there is interested whatsoever in contributing to the work here at HelpIGotAMac.com or the like 17 other podcasts that we produce at gspn.tv i just encourage you to go to gspn.tv slash donate and simply read about the gspn monthly support team Uh, i'm not pressuring anybody to join just do me a favor and at least read what the monthly support team is all about and uh, that's all i'm asking so with that chris been another wonderful episode of help i got a mac thank you so much for taking that sacrifice tonight about the super bowl game it's okay. My stomach's kind of suffering right now, though. Is that right? Too many, uh, too many hot wings. I think. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, that's a lot of chips and hot wings, and you need some some Alka Seltzer, my friend. I know. All right, folks. Until next time, join the community. See ya. <laughs>